Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Small Business Show on irishexaminer.com for a different view on Irish business. Morgan Kelly, Young Entrepreneurs, Fishing and Gems. It's The Small Business Show. Hello and welcome to this week's Small Business Show on irishexaminer.com. Coming up in just a moment is a look at the headlines for SMEs and of course those comments by Professor Morgan Kelly about SME loans and stress-tested banks. And later in the show I talk to a gemologist and why the luxury market shouldn't be ignored even in a recession. Plus how entrepreneurial can teenagers be? And why no potential exists within the fishing industry unless EU legislation reflects the needs of the fishing industry in Ireland? But first to this week's news with Owen Dahl from Irish Business Intelligence and Brian Cleary from Clonmel Chamber. And one news topic rises above the rest, of course, for this week. And it is uh, Professor Morgan Kelly's comments about SMEs. And if stricter stress tests on banks were implemented, as language coming from the EU says it probably will, it spells doom for a lot of small businesses here in Owen. What do you make of Professor Kelly's comments? Well, I think they've sent a bit of a shockwave through most of us in, in the SME sector. But... I suppose the other side to it is, is that anybody who's had anybody in government who's had these comments mentioned to them has kind of said, oh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything's fine. I mean, you know, the I think the, the sort of really worrying tone of all of this is the fact that, you know, he says we haven't seen in inverted commas the real crisis yet because the ECB has been pumping credit into into the system. And, you know, there as a result, things have been stabilized. I mean, what, what can I say? I'm not an economist. I know plenty of them who say that, you know, they operate on the basis of 50%, you know, projected planning and, and 50% alchemy. So, you know, it has to come from some basis of reality and, and fact, but also at the same time, there are so many other predetermined or unpredetermined factors that can influence all these things. The, the, the key thing in, in all of this, I suppose, is the fact that, you know, for us, particularly as people who've been commentating on this for God knows how long at this stage, you know, we have seen real signs of stabilisation, positivity in the SME community. So this kind of news is very unwelcome. And if there is any foundation in it whatsoever, it really needs to be worked out and dealt with rather promptly. Because, you know, as we've heard time and time again, our SMEs are the backbone of our economy and various other things, including engine rooms and so on. But, you know, fundamentally, if there's any threat to those businesses, particularly who maybe have had some kind of debt restructuring done or are actually working towards being in a position of profitability in the future, Future, um, and sustaining growing jobs and so on, that a threat to that really has to be dealt with very, very promptly. Yeah, and Brian, uh, what did you make of this? Hypothetical doomsday or reality? 
You know, there's, there's an element of the dark arts about economics, and that you know, as Oliver said, fifty percent right, fifty percent wrong. Michael Noonan, you know, and credit to Michael Noonan, did say that anything that Morgan Kelly says, they'll take seriously because Morgan Kelly does have a track record of of some success. However, I know I noticed that Patrick Honahan from the Central Bank, not quite dismissed it, but but isn't taking it as seriously as others. Now, in some respects, it's it's terrible to hear this that actually. As we thought we were turning a corner, green shoots, whatever phrase you want to, to use, that we're actually only fooling ourselves because the doomsday is around the corner. However, you know, he does have a point. There, there is an element, and we've spoken about it on this program before, about business viability and businesses that are perhaps on, on life support or on some form of artificial sustenance to get them into business every day, let, allow them to open their doors. And maybe we uh, maybe we are being a bit blind to the to the reality of it, uh, and it is because the banks aren't moving or certain things aren't happening. And I actually spoke to someone who works in um, the collections department of one, of one of the, the larger banks in, in their head office in, in Dublin recently, and they said that there isn't really that much of an appetite to go and do what has to be done because of the political nuances around it. And, you know, to quote David Davenpower, the mood music around it isn't great. So um, there's an element of what he, what he says is right. But look, it's not what you are isn't really not what you want to hear. But sometimes the truth is not what you want to hear. Mm, and uh, we're going to move on to our next story this weekend. Uh, attempts to break the control of meat processors by farmers, Brian. That's right. ICOS is told in Oireachtas hearing that the beef processors had already usurped Board B's quality assurance scheme by substituting the original requirements with a range of more onerous conditions. Some of the main aspects that farmers are looking to get changed are that an animal must spend at least 70 days of its life on one quality assured farm, that the ban on animals going to a mart following the requirement for the animal to go directly to slaughter from that farm, and the requirement for the animal to have four movements or less in its lifetime. This is something that's going to be rolled out on Tuesday by farmers, uh, by the representative bodies uh, across the country as well. And is there a point here to be had uh, by the farmers? Yeah, I mean, I, I read this story as somebody who, who wouldn't be very close to the, the beef industry directly, I have to say, apart from being the purchaser of such items. You know, it's interesting to note that just the scale of our, I suppose, our obviously number one, our agri-food sector, but also our, the, the, the food industry, beef industry itself. I mean, there's something like 9.9 billion and 2.9 billion, respectively. So you're not talking, you know, sort of small industry stuff here, small scale stuff. I suppose it appears on the basis of this article and, and others out there that, one of the biggest issues is that some of these new regulations or rules are actually leaving cattle languishing. So they've been bought but not slaughtered due to the cost associated with, with the processing. So I suppose on an, on an all-island basis, this is having a huge impact on, on producers because they're not in a position to actually sell their livestock and have it pro- have them processed. Hence, this action is being taken. I mean, the other issue here is that, you know, costs of uh, meat products are, are are increasing. And I suppose there's, there's a bit of a quid pro quo here. But from the farming sector's perspective, obviously, they're seeing that, you know, their their product is being sold, but nothing's being done with it. So I can see where their frustration is coming from. Yeah, and Brian, before Christmas, we saw offers like six cents for vegetables. Are we in danger of a race to the bottom when it comes to farmers' produce in this country? I think there is a, a threat that we will devalue something so precious in this country. If you look at what we've got a reputation for, and I know that a number of people are doing great work on it um, in terms of the love food movement, board beer and so on, 
you know, we are the food island and it's one of the things that we've spoken about in this program before that we actually should be promoting more. And if we try to minimize, you know, it comes back to almost what we spoke about last week about filling out forms and banks and, and the regulations. If we want to be the best, there is an element of suck it up and put up with the, with the onerous conditions that need to be done to make sure that we have the best livestock. And if you look at the damage that's happened in the last couple of years to different elements of the farming, farming communities worldwide in terms of the horse meat scandal and so on, Ireland came out of all of that very, very well because it showed that we had very rigorous systems that were catching things very early on and that they weren't allowed to manifest themselves. So whilst I think there is one constituency that wants the, for everything for next to nothing, if we are going to firstly be a healthy nation and eat the proper stuff and have good quality food and know the provenance of it, then we have to have those conditions and that is naturally more expensive because there's more interventions in the farm to fork chain. However, if you want to pay four quid for five steaks, best of luck to you, but I think in some respects you're taking your life in your hands. I think our farming industry is too important to the nation. Alwyn mentioned the figures to be taking risks on it. This is this is okay, this is gonna sound really twee. But we're in a weekend of tweeness. <laughs> this is the Silicon Valley of Ireland in some respects. Okay, I know, you're, you're cringing, right? But if you look at what we're brilliant at, we're a brilliant food nation. You know, in terms of growing the stuff, rearing the stuff, herding the stuff, we're brilliant at it. And we should be pushing ourselves more at it and not be looking to just make it as cheap as possible and cut out as many different little bits of paperwork in the middle as we possibly could. And uh, Ireland is the uh, Silicon Valley Silicon of agriculture. Valley of, the Silicon Valley of cows. Silicon Valley of agriculture. And it leads us uh, nicely on to our last story of this week. It is, of course, uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. And a question I put uh, to both of you as well for this week's show. Uh, when it comes to St. Patrick's Day, does it reflect us globally in the right frame anymore? Does it show Ireland's image as modernized, uh, progressing, entrepreneurial, etc.? Or is it just another impression of Ireland on the drink, as they say, Owen. You know, the, the sort of the line you put to it is, you know, spotlight or just another party. I, I was uh, on my way to an event earlier on today and I was listening to the radio and uh, the point was made to, I think it was Honishta that, um, you know, there's a lot of money involved in sending ministers to all these different countries. What's the return on investment? I mean, I suppose from the point of view of the international perception we send, or certainly from anything I've been reading over the last few weeks, we're sending something like 27 or 28 ministers, obviously across junior and so on, uh, to around about 23 countries for this global greening 2014 plan. So, I mean, it's obviously following on from the gathering, which we did see quite a lot of uh, good good outputs as a result of from a tourism perspective and just generally economically, I think it was quite a positive thing. But one article I came across was that it's the programme for annual exodus of government, government ministers, mm-hmm. everything from Mexico to Lebanon, ja- Japan, Korea. I think in terms of, you know, return on investment, it would be really interesting to be able to identify what the benefits are for, you know, this, this global... Um, reach we do every year around the time of of St. Patrick's weekend. I mean, certainly it gives us a great opportunity to be centre stage as a nation to showcase what we're good at. And, uh, you know, we've just talked about some of the products and some of the things we've become well known for in terms of our international exports and business and so on. But, you know, does it also leave us open to being criticised for spending a lot of money on junkets? Really, that's the fundamental question. And I know even going back to a show a few weeks ago, we were talking about queries around how the Dublin celebration 
operations are conducted. So it is, I think it's always going to be up for debate, to be honest. I think we'll always find that no matter how well or, or how badly it does, it'll always be discussed. And the question will always be, are we representing ourselves internationally and at home the way we should be for our national festival? Yeah, Brian, what do you think? Is it just another excuse to show Ireland as a, as a party nation? We're great for having the crack, as they say, or, or should we be doing more to show that Ireland is back on the road and that uh, we as a business nation are here to stay? There are elements of what's happened in, in previous Patrick's Day with previous ministers in terms of you know, what, what came out over the, the, the years about limousines and the use of embassies that would make me flinch a little bit. But overall, I mean, you look, you look at countries around the world, apart from July the 4th, Independence Day for the United States of America, there are very few countries that have a day like it where, you know, avenues in the centre of Manhattan are closed off for parades and there's parades in London and every major city. You know, there's a tremendous goodwill towards Ireland on St. Patrick's Day. And even I've noticed in, in my inbox in the last couple of days, different emails from different people I'd know in chambers around the world or towns and cities we're twinned with here about St. Patrick's Day. And there's, there's a great awareness about it. So we should capitalise on it. You know, if, it, if 27 people get to go to different parts of the world to represent the country, so, so what? But it's an Irish minister in a different part of the world on St. Patrick's Day pressing the flesh and getting the story about Ireland across. I used to be very, very cynical about it, but I can actually see how it works. We're very, very lucky to have this festival. You know... God bless St. Patrick in some respects, because it definitely has helped us. And OK, we do have the crack because not only is it National Representation Day and putting our best foot forward, but it's also the National Let Your Hair Down Day. Um, and there, there are elements of that, too. So if we wanted an event just to get the good side out, that's the gathering. If we want an event that's a celebration of being Irish, that's St. Patrick's Day. And there is a, a myriad of issues within that in terms of representing the country, going to the White House, going to your local, watching a, a match on the telly and falling out of the pub at God knows what time. That, that's, the, that's, the whole, that's the whole range of Irish life. So, look, I think it's very, very positive. Let them away, let them go and let them see what they can bring back. I would be interested, though, to see it quantified a bit more. Yeah, I think that was a general yes with, with a but at the end of that as well. <laughs> Thanks to Owen Daw from Irish Business Intelligence and Clonmel Chamber CEO Brian Cleary for this week's news. Now, in part two, teenagers with fantastic business skills. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.